this is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare uh, Health IT Clinical Leadership and Pharmaceutical Conference. Uh, we're thrilled to be doing it this year virtually. I've got two great panelists from the Jefferson Health System, uh, two of the brightest minds in virtual healthcare and virtual learning uh, and solutions. Viraj and Neil, I'm going to ask you to take a moment to introduce yourself. And we're going to ask you a whole number of questions about the DICE program, about the most important things that systems can learn from DICE, and more. Um, Viraj and Neil, can you take a moment and introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, can you hear me, Scott? Yes, I sure do. Great. Thank you. Um, thanks for having us, uh, firstly, and um, glad to be on this uh, on this podcast. Um, my name is Neil Gomes. I'm the uh, Chief Digital Officer and Executive Vice President for Technology Innovation and Consumer Experience at Thomas Jefferson University in Jefferson Health. Um, we we at this at the group that I lead called the Digital Innovation and Consumer Experience Group or the Dice Group. Uh, we uh, build a lot of uh, VR and AR applications and uh, solutions, and so uh, happy to join this conversation and talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, the the use of such systems in education, learning. Uh, both in the corporate side as well as in uh, um, uh, formal education uh, in the university side. Thank you. And I know that the, the Jefferson Health and the university has done a magnificent job of both becoming a wheat health system, uh, one of the greatest in the country, as well as has invested tremendously in these digital efforts way ahead of the game on it that's really paid off in this COVID-19 era. Viraj, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, can you hear me? I hear you great. I'm going to ask each of you to speak up, you know, more than you usually would. Okay, that sounds great. So uh, my name is Viraj Patwardhan. I am the Vice President for Digital Design and Consumer Experience. Um, I work on um, at the DICE Group at Jefferson. Uh, primary responsibility for me, uh, I, I joined healthcare more as a passion. Uh, wanted to always do something that would help people get better experiences, uh, especially when they're going through, um, you know, bad times in their lives. Uh, but at, at DICE and at Jefferson, me and my teams are sort of focused on um, understanding the problems of our patients more in depth, what are some of their needs, and how can we sort of help them solve for those needs by using digital technologies so eventually they have a better sort of experience. Um, by, we use a lot of human-centered design. Uh, we have we also look at young and emerging technologies like virtual reality or AIML, but primarily my team focuses more on identifying the problems and coming up with the solutions that could help them um, get a better experience. Thank you. And let me turn to Neil first. Neil, I've used the term DICE. I've become so familiar with the term DICE and have watched you guys grow and prosper at Jefferson the last several years of this program. Just take a moment and explain what DICE stands for and, and tell people a little bit about the DICE program. Um, sure. Thank you, Scott. Um, well, the DICE group stands for the Digital Innovation and Consumer Experience Group. And uh, the reason we started the group was we felt there's a lot of value to be accessed at the Confluence of Digital Innovation and Consumer Experience. Uh, we've seen this happen in several other industries. Um, healthcare has also done it, but uh, not to the extent of some of the other industries like hospitality and retail and such. So, um, so we want to bring that same kind of uh, value to healthcare. 
um, both to affect the people working to deliver solutions in healthcare as well as uh, the patients um, receiving uh, healthcare services. Uh, and what this means is if you truly focus on the experience that you provide to your consumer, and that consumer could be the patient, could be uh, students who know the thing with technology or don't know the extent of technology being used in the background, but all, what it's doing is it's making their lives easier it's making our patients' lives easier and, and enabling them to connect and engage with us uh, much more fluently. And then uh, in, in, as you do that, you have to the things you do become part of the expected product or service for the patient or for the staff member also. And so you have to keep innovating. You cannot stop there. You, know, you have to find out better ways to do things. Technologies evolve around you. So you've got to start uh, evolving and deploying those types of technologies into your solutions also. So it's very important to keep your eye on the ball in both these cases on, on digital innovation as well as consumer experience. And if you do it really well, and you operate at the confluence of these two, there's tremendous value, not just for our patients and our staff, but for the organization as a whole, too. Thank you. And Raj, let me ask you a question. You've been there for some time now. I, I, I've seen you for a few years with this group. Talk about some of the innovations or things that you're most proud of with sort of the DICE efforts. It's sort of making the consumer experience more like what people are used to seeing in other industries. Talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments of what you guys have done. Yeah, um, and as Neil said, you know, the, the goal that we started was to sort of one of the big things was how we can improve the experiences. So very early in 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 about four years ago, when the Pope visited um, uh, Pope visited Philadelphia, we created um, a solution that basically when the Pope came in, the entire city block that we were um, um, in where our hospital in is was sort of locked down. So people couldn't enter or exit while uh, the Pope was in town. So we had to quickly create a solution where we could house our staff because we still have to run a hospital, right? And so literally, I think in a, um, it's a, in a week or so, we created um, a simple solution, which was sort of all, we called it Jeff BNB, uh, where we could house our, our, our staff members and make sure that our patients are sort of taken care of without any disruption in, in the care that they were getting earlier. Um, a very simple thing, but I think what happens is that once the patients understand that the, the system is going sort of over, above, and beyond of what's sort of expected, it becomes so much easier in terms of kind of them to sort of relate to what type of work we are doing. I think it's, it's important for us that, so that was one of the solution where we realized that, that it's not just about uh, the patients themselves, but you also have to start working with your staff members because you don't want, uh, you cannot deliver great experiences if you don't think about your staff because happy staff is going to deliver happy experiences and some a big lesson for us. That was one of the sort of early projects that we did. Since then, we have sort of done many projects, but the one that I would highlight, which we did recently, and and Neil did speak about this, I and I spoke about this at HIMSS, and so did, is sort of leveraging voice technology. Uh, voice technology is kind of becoming mainstream at individual houses. So we have the Alexas and the series that we all have in our house, but really trying to sort of get that technology into a hospital room where it can sort of help you two ways, right? One is um, help answer some of the questions that the patients have, 
which are sometimes very simple, right? When is my lunch going to come? Uh, very simple question, but the nurse has to sort of go back and forth to many different rooms now to probably answer the same question. Now, if a smart technology answers that question, A, the patient gets the answers quickly, and B, it saves that one trip for the nurse, which if you add all of that time, that could be given to a patient who needs more personal care. So I think voice technology, so we built our own um, HIPAA compliant um, smart speaker, which we piloted in uh, some of our hospital rooms, and now we are sort of building over it so we can go at a sort of larger scale and implement it across uh, many different units with, with our, with our uh, different hospitals. So uh, there are many projects, and you might add one or you know, a few more. As, as we talk, but I think those were sort of two different ways of how we are looking at, at patient experience. One is making sure that you kind of are always available to them um, by using digital technology. How can you make um, th them feel at home when you are um, in a hospital? And the second one is how can you create solutions by leveraging current technology? So learning from the Alexas and the series of the world, what can you take from that technology and implement in a hospital, making sure that the patient data is safe, but also the experience is sort of going up. Thank you, Viraj. Neil, let me ask you this question. If you think about the work that you've done at DICE, and, and with all due respect, you've gotten way out in front of this compared to other systems, and, and without, you know, bragging or anything like, like that, what are three, two or three things that other systems might be able to learn from DICE that you have found particularly useful, some of the learnings you could share with others? Um, sure, glad to elaborate on that, um, Scott. The, um, um, I think uh, so, some of the, the things that have helped us out really during this uh, COVID-19 crisis is uh, the choices of, uh, of uh, solutions and platforms that we've made in the past. Um, our leadership has always believed in digital and has also invested in a team like ours. Not many health systems have that um, ha have such teams. So that was a, that was one great um, decision right at the outset. Uh, getting the right people to do this kind of work and focus on it, and it not just be this thing they do on the side or this other group. That, that manages all of technology maybe is also doing this thing on the side. This needs to be a concerted effort for an organization, and they need to have leadership in place uh, to enable that at the organization and be focused on it continuously. Then I think the next step is to uh, take a lot of time selecting the right types of platforms with which to work, uh, leveraging the, the solutions that you already have, as well as bringing in new solutions so that you can uh, build off of them. So the luxury that we had as leaders as we were going through the COVID-19 crisis was that we could say to our teams, um, hey, you know, this is a request that's come into us. We've got to start doing exposure tracking, let's say, for our staff. Right? And our, our teams are telling uh, telling us, oh, that's great. Let's, let's use XYZ solution that we have to build it. You know, let's use this BI stack that we have to, to, to display the data. Uh, let's use uh, this web technology, you know, to present, uh, present the front end. So all of these things, we had them in the suite of products that we had. Plus, uh, if you invest in a way that you're using platforms in the cloud or using solutions in the cloud, then they can scale up a lot faster. So the 
Another problem a lot of people have had during the COVID-19 crisis is that for certain types of digital tools and digital platforms, like let's say work from home platforms like Zoom or WebEx or, or, uh, or other, that you may have had them, or even if you didn't invest in them, you may have, uh, you may have had them uh, on a small scale, right? For those people that, few people that work remotely in healthcare, which is not so much a remote friendly kind of environment most of the time. Uh, but if you even had them and uh, you invested in the right ones, they could scale up really quickly. So you could uh, pretty much cover some additional licensing and then you're, uh, you're set to go. Um, if you pick the right ones also, they would be easy to use. And so people would pick them up without requiring any face-to-face -face training or anything of the sort. Um, if, you had, if you had invested in digital learning and digital training, then even better, you wouldn't even have to do any classes. You could just uh, point them to, to the right resources on a learning management system or on the web or in a wiki that you have. And you know, you'd be off and running. So these types of things, these early choices on in people and teams, as well as uh, you know, the right types of platforms are what helped us. Now, if you were an, uh, an institution starting out down this road and thinking about uh, how do I get there um, where maybe Jefferson is or even beyond, uh, then I think the first thing to do is get the right people on board, right? And make this a concerted effort. Uh, healthcare needs this. Patients need this. Uh, you know, it's not just preparing for another such situation, which some people might think, oh, will never happen again, or I don't really have to do that. Now, this could be the face of healthcare in the future, right? That patients have got a taste of what it could, what it is like to do a telehealth call, or, or with a chat, or to, uh, you know, get service um, uh, triaged by a front-end system that's making decisions with them, uh, you know, when they call in. You know, all of these things that may be AI enabled and, and, um, um, and, and mobile ready and mobile first, uh, all of these things now become expectations for them. And the organizations that deliver to those expectations will see additional growth into the future. So we have to start modifying our business models. We have to start uh, investing in teams and people that, uh, uh, you know, can do this type of work because this is the new healthcare, and uh, we invest in the right platforms and scalable platforms that can meet this need whenever we need to at the flip of a switch. So, so it's really it's really a great perspective. It's really a dedicated team to this. This becomes part of the new healthcare, whether it's COVID-19 for the long run or not. It's part of the new healthcare. It's what people are going to expect. Yeah. People want this digital. They want this remote. You were fortunate and forcing as an organization to invest in this early, but all health systems are going to have to adopt to doing the same thing yeah. ultimately. And throughout the country, there's a whole variance as to how people have done it. It is really the right. sense of it. Viraj, when you look at this, Neil has made some great thoughts. And what he's come back to is an old Jim Collins concept is it's really about having the right people. You've got to have the right team and build the right team. And rather than it being part of other people's jobs, it's got to be a dedicated effort. And I see this throughout the Jefferson system. There's people like Kristen Davis that are literally, her job is virtual learning, teaching virtual learning. There's just so much of the whole system, that dedication and people for it. Viraj, some of your thoughts on suggestions you have for others that are going on this journey right now and in the future to get great at this, the digital experience effort. It, you know, it's, it's coming to... In healthcare, expect what you have in, you know, when you do one-click shopping. Yeah. That's a great thing you 
you brought about points uh, about teams. I think the big thing about teams for us is that, uh, you know, it's so important to get people who are motivated to work in healthcare, and there are a lot of them who really want to make a difference. Um, so I think that's one. The second thing for us, which is very important, and I would always recommend that to people, is that is that when we work here uh, at, at DICE, one thing is very clear is that no idea is a bad idea. Idea is just an idea. So, you know, let's not squash any ideas just because it doesn't sound great or it, you know, a lot of times I have heard people out, oh, that's just crazy, you know. Yes, it could be, but I think at some point you have to sort of think about sort of the pie in the sky and then kind of get yourself down to some of the realities. So do not sort of start thinking about applying logic to ideas at an early stage. Please uh, start thinking about you know, look at the sort of larger picture. That would be the second thing. And I think give give your teams the liberty to kind of explore and, and you know, think outside the box. And when I say that, it's like other industries, excluding healthcare, have done a lot of great things, you know, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago, right? Digital is not new to them. So what can we learn from them? Why did they do that? How did they do that? And then how can we take some of those learnings and implement that into healthcare? It's uh, it's it's very important for us, and I would recommend it to everybody who's trying to do this, that, you know, look outside of healthcare. There are so many great examples of people doing things. Um, and even like 25 years ago, Dr. Clasco, our, our CEO and president of our university, always says, you know, talks about ATMs, right? Banks did ATMs like 30 years ago. And uh, we and today we don't call it. Uh, and he says this in his presentation. We don't call it telebanking. Just call it banking. Right? We, that's an assumed thing. Uh, and but we still call telemedicine. We don't call it medicine anymore. So I think we have a, a little bit of sort of catching up to do. But to my original point, there are many examples where you could you could you could learn from other industries. I think when we started this Neo sort of. Uh, started the idea of having principle-driven kind of a, uh, a unit. And so we have sort of 13 principles. Uh, and principle zero, uh, as we have, is says that we are human, which means that no matter what you do, what technology you use, you know, what your work is, you know, we are human first. So I think have that human-centric approach always whenever you are trying to solve the problems. And you will you will realize that if you don't put technology first and then the problem, I think you will be able to solve most of the problems. Solve the problem first, then think of what technology will help you to sort of get from point A to point B. Don't do it the other way around because you're otherwise um, going to end up with a lot of legacy technologies that you're going to buy or, or implement and they're not really going to solve the problem. So, so I got from you, Viraj, really five points, and I'm going to summarize quickly because I thought they were fantastic. One is if you're building this effort, hiring motivated people that want to work in healthcare. Um, second is Neil and Raj, your team have built a concept of no idea is a bad idea. Doesn't mean at some point you're not filtering it out, but but you're starting off with an open mind to most ideas, the, the liberty to explore. Uh, to encourage exploration. The fourth thing I heard was human first. We're dealing with people first. Before everything else, we're dealing with people and the empathy and the compassion and the trying to work with people in that mindset. The fifth thing I heard, which I thought was brilliant as well, is we work on solving problems, not creating technology. 
that the first goal is to figure out what problem we're trying to solve. It's not to buy and create all kinds of technology and find a problem for it, because you'll end up with lots of technology you don't use, but it's rather figuring out what problem you're trying to solve and then building technology for that. Before I go on to the next question, well, well let me tie this question together, Neil, for you. Sort of, um, I, I, mean, I know the pride that your organization takes in the work that you guys have grown and the group that you've grown. Talk for a moment about, and maybe tie a little bit of what Raj said, too. First question is, what are you most proud of? And then with that, if you can add in a couple of suggestions for what you've done and what you're most proud of in the group that you've built, uh, as to suggestions for others. Sure. Um, I mean, from from the point of view of what I'm most proud of, I would say uh, it, it is of building a team uh, like uh, the one we have. You know, having leaders like Viraj and Robert Neff, who you've met, and Matt, Matthew Ernst and Kristen Davis, and and several others across our team that uh, are able to take these uh, wicked problems. Right. I mean, these are not easy things to uh, uh, to solve. They're complex problems in healthcare. Uh, that, that we take sometimes as large problems and we solve them, and sometimes as smaller problems towards a larger problem, we solve them step by step. Um, just having that ability and having that mindset that, uh, you know, we're not challenged by these, we are not, uh, uh, you know, discouraged by these, we, we, we take each challenge and we, and we try and fix it, you know, without, uh, without getting too worried at the outset. I had to put in the 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 any idea is a good is a good idea thing in so that they would entertain my ideas too you know so absolutely absolutely at least they can't uh, ask your, your ideas if you have the idea that everybody's idea is a good idea to start with so you start with that yes, self-protective and very very right. smart let me right, ask you right. this question. You've been working this, with this group now for several years. You've grown and you've built a great team. You really do have this team first and building the right people first mentality. What has, let, let me start with you, Neil. What's not worked? What do you think, like, it's not worked? A specific investment, something, a specific initiative? Or what else doesn't work when you don't get buy in from the right service line? Talk about what lessons you've learned that don't work. And then, Raj, I'm going to ask you a similar question, you know, and maybe a different piece of that question. Well, the things I think that don't work are, uh, you know, as one thing that Raj said earlier, you know, which is uh, don't try to, uh, you know, take a tool and fit it into a problem and try and solve the problem that way. Uh, the first thing is, and this is why we set up a design team, this is why we got Viraj on that team, you know, uh, because he has a, a very diverse mindset, right? I mean, he comes in, he's an architect uh, first, you know, then he he studies uh, human-centered design, you know, then he works in a healthcare organization. So, you know, he has this very different mindset to solving problems, so that's important. And he has a team of people that also have that kind of mindset. That's uh, incredibly important. Uh, there are people also that, that are that feel free completely to challenge anyone, right? And ask anyone questions, clarifying questions to figure out what the real problem is. That takes a certain type of mindset too. And uh, and that confidence that, you know, the organization's not gonna get back at you. But the things that haven't worked for us, one is um, you 
uh, although you, we have these principles, sometimes very easy to forget them, right? And then you go into a, into a meeting, you're so enthusiastic about the work that you do and the technologies that you use that you start to make assumptions about, uh, you know, what people want and what's helped them. That I feel is very helpful to us at most times is to sometimes even put that passion a little bit aside and try and put yourself into the shoes of the person you're dealing with and understand what their concerns and worries are too. I'll give you a great example. You know, if you uh, if you get um, completely uh, taken in by the possibilities of machine learning and AI, uh, you would think, okay, well, machine learning and AI are going to replace you know, docs and medicine, they just, it's just gonna change everything. You wouldn't have to ever have to wait for anything. Uh, you, you know, the machine learning and the AI is gonna tell you as you're living your life, maybe through an embedded system that's in you and, and will tell you what's wrong and what's going to happen to you a few years uh, from now and you wouldn't even need to work with docs. Let's make that happen now. And you go and talk to a doc about that that way, you know, immediately that physician is thinking, oh my God, uh, I'm going to be irrelevant, right, in a few years. And that's not the truth, really. And that's not really the reason why you're even trying to build these types of things. Why you're trying to build these types of things is so that you can improve the service to a patient, right? And uh, and who, who usually provides the best service in a very human kind of uh, uh, scenario, right? It's another human, very rarely another machine that's going to do that. Right. So instead, your message should be, and this is what physicians have always wanted. This is why they've gotten into medicine, right? And they complain about, about what technology and some of these systems that they're subject to do to them. It makes them kind of robots typing in information. And the real reason they wanted to get into medicine is because they wanted to talk to patients, solve their problems, uh, and you know, make them feel better. And they don't get the chance to do that. So well, machine learning, is going to enable you to do that. Why? Because it's going to serve as this augmented kind of intelligence that you listen to, or that you look at, or you consult, uh, or is even telling you things continuously as you're speaking to somebody. But it gives you the time to actually create the relationship, talk to someone, you know, and do the thing that humans do best. Right? And our CEO also says this all the time. You know, we're going to have to focus more on that. So I think the way you message the way you understand the other person's perspective. Many times we as technologists, as designers, as researchers, as trainers, um, you know, we don't, and, and digital folks, you know, we don't focus on that. I think we need to do more of that. So that is, is really developing that empathy for, 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 for the other people involved in this journey with us is extremely important. If you don't do that, that's to me, and I've done that many times, and I've been really enthusiastic when there's a time crunch and whatnot, you know, that, that we forget those, those principles and then things don't go so well. No, I think that's a, a brilliant point, this concept of you're really doing everything you do to help serve somebody. You're not doing it to replace the physician. You're, you're doing it to help make the yeah. physician, the nurse, the patient's life better. It, it, it's really to make them better, to give them better tools. And sometimes technology people can get ahead of themselves and think that they're the solution. It's rather you're helping build solutions for a system, for patients, for people, for doctors. I think it's a fascinating perspective. Raj, did you want to comment on the same question or maybe a different take on the question? And you're free to comment on that one as well. But what has worked? Is there anything that you've ever done that's worked, not you but the team, 
that you didn't think was work that would work that maybe you were skeptical of or, or you know you know is there anything that's ever ended up working well that you were sort of surprised this really ended up being a good thing this ended up being great yeah i think you kind of see that many times uh, i think uh, you know that you your intent is to sort of do solve one problem but it probably sometimes ends up solving many different problems or sometimes it's vice versa and i'll give you both examples so one example is that um you know we were sort of trying to design an app and uh, you know for patients and we were like all super excited you know we go there and we are trying to kind of get people recruited and we realized that you know most of the people that we were trying to recruit were sort of about 65 70 plus and the first thing was download your app and that was the first hurdle we never thought of where they were like you know what my account was created by my son i have to ask him or her about the password and sort of first level of friction and we had spent a lot of time building that solution and we never thought that a small thing like you know remembering the password for your itunes or google play account would sort of just derail our entire process so how do you kind of so that was sort of an unexpected um kind of surprise for us but sort of again a big learning i think one thing we learned from uh one project that sort of we worked for a lot of time and that was something uh, we we worked with our cancer center um to sort of build their sort of web profile change some of the way their communication is done and so we were really hoping that you know the that this new profile is going to sort of make a sort of big difference in in how people perceive us and how people look at us and so we create different sections and we kind of really think this through and most of the times what happened is people were actually clicking on the video and watching the video because we never realized that the video was telling a personal story about another individual who probably had gone through that and we were sort of trying to build this entire network where we are trying to create um, a lot of information that they can consume but what people related is to again to news point is another human being who was just telling a story and and biggest learning for me personally in the past 5 years is that if you're effectively able to tell a story about uh, about what jefferson is doing about what other people have gone through uh, if you can do that effectively and very honestly i think people understand you know people understand that healthcare is not easy people understand that you know when they come into a health organization um, i am going there because something's not right with me and they also understand that people working in healthcare and i think in the covid situation more so are giving their best to sort of help but i think when when the health organization comes out and says and shares these stories about other people and what they have been through that gives me inspiration that gives me motivation that you know what i i can go through this if xyz did it why can't i do it so for us it's it, it it's really important that you you go to that human level technology will always be there and it's probably going to become bigger and bigger part of healthcare and many industries but do do not lose the focus of um that that smile that you probably get from someone at the reception as you enter um i it's at least for today it's really hard for a robot to do that and make it feel like you know that's more compassion i think compassion is one thing that um you need especially in healthcare you know um, and i think that's something that you have to always always keep in mind of of how you can improve on that. Thank you very very much. I'm going to ask Neil one final question and have you wrap up and and we'd love to have either you or both you comment on this. Sure. So 
what's more important? We're in a technology-driven world. Technology is so important. So in building the DICE team, is it most important to find the right platforms, the right clouds, the right everything, or being user-friendly to your community, providers, leaders of the system, nurses, allied health professionals, everybody? Is technology your team uses more important, or is the team that you build more important, and why? Um, I, I I think it's the team first, of course. Um, but I think it's also you have to uh, picking a technology. You have to spend about 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 the same amount of time as you spend picking a good person for your team, um, because um, uh, I think um, I, I think it's it's very important. Uh, especially when you're building your own solutions that you pick the right types of technologies because once you start building it and you haven't picked the right platform for the future that's future focused also is also a partner rather than a vendor to you uh, if you don't do that then you know you have to recreate all of these solutions built on that platform into the future you know and that can be a very tedious task so uh, that ultimately may need to happen after a certain amount of time as technologies evolve and new players come in. But uh, at least for a certain period of time, you want to have the utility of those solutions and you want, want to get the benefits from them. So you have to really also spend a good amount of time picking the right types of technologies. And a lot of that comes with experience. A lot of that comes with knowing what the market is like, knowing what the problems are. So you have to also get technical with these solutions. You know, you cannot do it just from a management perspective. You have to understand them really well. You have to understand, um, you know, okay, I need to invest in platforms that enable uh, data connections through APIs and data transfer through APIs and microservices and these types of things. You know, in order to make those types of decisions. It's just like when you're evaluating a person. You know, you need to, you cannot evaluate a person and their ability to do something if you don't understand that, uh, you know, that field well enough. In fact, Viraj has a great example of a person they, uh, had, they we wanted to build on the VR side a very strong development capability to build new uh, VR applications. And, and so uh, this is something new to us. So we understood that we don't know you know how to evaluate someone on that and both rob and viraj worked together and they were they they decided okay we need to pull some expert in and so when we were working with a recruiter we actually asked the recruiter to provide us with an expert as part of that process and so that way we could evaluate the person or people we would be considering for the position you know in a more uh, uh, in-depth kind of way uh, with that type of understanding and through that process we also learned Right, so you have to understand if you cannot, um, uh, if you cannot, um, if you don't understand that technology or that space very well. You know, taking that from person to technology, that you've got to access it somewhere. You know, so sometimes it's the conferences that we attend, including Becker's. Uh, it's the training that we take also, uh, that and things that we expose ourselves to, and then the connections we make in the industry that enable us to do that. But it's about the same, uh, Scott, I would say. It's about the same level of investment as with a person. Uh, but it's a different type of investment. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the investment towards 
the person has to be more human, more based on connection, based on our principles, because it's not a one-way street there, right? With technology, it's a little bit of a one-way street because it's a static technology. But then there too, you know, you're building relationships with the people behind that solution, you know, and so you've got to evaluate that also as part of it. How open are they to working with you? Uh, if they're a small company, do you think they'll have the bandwidth to do this? No, so there are pros, there are a large company, there are pros and cons there. So um, there, it's it's a very, very similar kind of process. It's a fascinating perspective, and, and I, I, I will come back to Raj in a second, but a fascinating perspective on, yes, it's people first, but I think the, the thing I take away from you, probably the most important thing, is this openness to knowing what you don't know. And so, for example, yeah. if you don't know what a particular person does that you're hiring or what the real expertise is, and you can't figure it out internally with your own team, it's understanding I don't really know if I'm getting snowed by somebody or not on their true qualifications. And I don't want to wait till they're here three to six months to find out. So I'd rather hire somebody to help me recruit and evaluate that to make sure this person really knows what they're talking about. They really are deep in what they're talking about. Um, and it's similar on technology. It's knowing the diligence you have to do to figure out, is this technology going to be adaptable? Is it going to be useful? Are people going to use it? Are they going to enjoy it? Is it actually going to get some optimal use, or is it going to be another thing that's been bought? So putting that diligence into hiring, putting that di diligence into any significant technology decision, I think is really a, that in itself is, is, is worth the price of admission and a, and, a, and a very important thing to remember. And some of us aren't patient enough to do that. We're vulnerable to do it, but, but so important. Raj, anything else you wanted to close with or add in on technology and people and melding the two together? I, so I'll just add one thing to what Neil said. I think you have to find a balance as to the when the when you're hiring some people, you have to understand hire the people who can a obviously motivated, but who can leverage the technology that you are thinking of sort of utilizing with with your organization, but also work with technologies and get those technologies in that will enable your people to go sort of above and beyond in terms of what innovation they're trying to do. Don't invest in a platform where they are now locked down by the sort of limitations of the platform. Vice versa, don't get into a team that can only do so much uh, so that they won't be able to leverage the technology that it has to offer. So it's always sort of finding that fine balance between uh, what technology you're bringing in and what people. But, but to Neil's point, I think it's kind of, always goes sort of for me sort of team first and that's because i think eventually even if you use technology to create good solutions it's the team that's going to create that it's the people that are going to build that uh, even if you get a solution that a abc company has already built there were people who built that solution and made it available so i think investing in in people um, but making sure that you're working with sort of platforms that allow you the flexibility to go above and beyond of what that platform is offering is kind of, that is the balance and the dance that you have to play every day, especially for, for Neil, for me, for Rob, Matt. That's what we are sort of trying to always figure out. How can we have that sort of, get a sort of win-win situation so that, um, and Neil has in these presentations, we have a win-win-win, right? So you know, where a patient wins, Jefferson as the healthcare system wins, and also the partners, which is these technology companies win as well. 
But if you get the first two right, eventually the patient is sort of going to win. Um, and then one last thought I would say is that it's also the the leadership sort of kind of believing in that, you know, it would, that teams like ours are actually going to be beneficial. And, and I would give a lot of credit to Dr. Clasco and also to Neil for, for sort of believing in the teams. Even, you know, there are, you always have your highs and your lows, but as long as the belief is there that the teams are trying their best to get to the right thing, that's very, very important. So truly brilliant. Uh, I'll say add to that. Please, Neil. No, I just wanted to add to that also. Uh, the thing that I I, I like the most is uh, initiative too, both from people as well as platforms. You know, there are companies that, uh, you know, will, will earn your business and then uh, you don't hear from them until the renewal time. You know, and there are companies that uh, earn your business and then they're continuously talking to about ways that you can leverage as Virat said you know their platforms to build more things do more things with their platforms and they don't just say oh I added this new feature or we've got this new thing maybe you should buy it now they're, they're always thinking okay what's the problem you're having right now so we've had a lot of these companies reach out to us during this COVID-19 crisis and say hey how can we help you oh we've got some grants or oh, we've got some uh, our, our platform can be used in this way you know we've added some new tools to it so that you can uh, you, you can make your work a little bit easier during this crisis so you know those are the types of folks you want and then when you apply that to people you know people with initiative you know people on your teams that aren't just going to wait for you to give them direction for what to do uh you know but are going to come to you with an idea that they've thought that they've thought about as well as researched you know and say hey how about we try this you know and many times those people feel like oh well i'm really sorry about that uh, you know i interrupted you uh, and I, uh, I always tell them no this is great what you're doing is amazing you know you're telling you're telling me something that you're passionate about you're, you're looking at the situation we are in right now, and you're trying to solve a problem. Is the best, my point of view, at least from an innovation, when you're in an innovation team or you're uh, working with new technologies. You know, I think that's that's an awesome thing. So that's the only other thing I would add to it, both from the technology as well as the people point. So, and Viraj is one of those folks, by the way. <laughs> And I know that he is. Let me do this. We've got to wrap up. I want to thank you. You built between your leadership, Raj's leadership, your entire team, Dr. Class's leadership, and so many people. I've gotten to see it, Dice, over the years. You've built this remarkable engine that really is, it, 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 you said it well, and, and I'll paraphrase, sort of open and intelligent people, open and intelligent platforms, and embracing a lot of initiative and a lot of compassion. And it's really a magnificent mindset, and it's, it's – I've watched this over the last several years and been so impressed with what you've done. And I'm so thankful for you joining us this year, a virtual conference, which we're learning on. We're trying to develop. We're trying to get better at um, and, and open-minded towards trying to get better at it. We appreciate you so much sharing your thoughts and messages with our audience virtually this year. Thank you, Viraj. Thank you, Neil. Magnificent what you've built. Thank you very, very much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Great.